This is the Ignition Show. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to or welcome back to our podcast. My name is Chris Jansen, host of the Ignition Show, and our aim is to bring you a regular dose of ideas, insights, and inspiration you can actually use in the pursuit of your full potential and ignite the flame within you to live your best and full life. In addition to bringing you in-depth conversations with amazing guests, every other week, I'm going to sit down in front of the microphone and share with you some of the most important lessons and nuggets of wisdom I've encountered from training more than 10,000 people over the last decade, and also from the thousands of hours of intimate one-on-one conversations I've had with my coaching clients. So grab a pen or simply sit back and take in today's message. Let it sink in and ask yourself, how does this show up in my life? How can I apply the points that resonate with me to my life today? And what would happen if I did? All right, let's go. Let's dive in. Let's move over to the coach's corner. Over the past decade, I've had the great honor and privilege of being invited to over 30 countries to give workshops, presentations, keynote talks to tens of thousands of people from large organizations in South America to small companies across Europe. And what's been fascinating for me is to see what the universal themes are, regardless of the culture, the country, the type of organization. And one of the things that I often ask the groups are, you know, when you look back on the last couple of years, how many people would say that the, the pressures that they've experienced, the demands they face have been increasing? And in, the, in that dynamic, 99% of people say, yes, it has been. We live in very interesting times. And in that experience of having pressures and the pace increase exponentially, the other universal theme is that we tend to take our capacity for granted. We tend to not think about it so much. We just try to get on and work the way that we've always worked. And when I ask people, what's an example of where you tend to take your capacity for granted to get things done? Without a doubt, the number one answer that I hear is some version of, I don't say no enough. That's what people say. People say, oh, the, where I take my capacity for granted is, I don't say no enough. I take on too much. I say yes to too many things. And my, my counterpoint to that is, while it's true that that is the number one answer that people don't say no enough, the counterpoint is that what people fail to see is that they're saying no all the time. They think they're not, they don't say no enough or they have a trouble saying no. They hate saying no. But they're saying no all the time to themselves to their dreams, to their time, to their clients, to their business, to their aspirations, to their priorities. Because they're always bending over backwards trying to please everyone else or trying to get everything done for other people. So the question I want you to think about as you listen here is what do you have trouble saying no to? What are you doing too much of, unnecessarily so? Where are you pandering or giving in to other people's requests, demands, and expectations and overriding your own? needs, values, and goals and desires? What do you have trouble saying no to? And where do you need to take a stand for what you believe in much more so? You know, for many years, I had the pleasure of being an advisor to Apple. And I had a chance to get to know the culture of Apple very, very well. And while I didn't get a chance to meet Steve Jobs directly, I had a chance to meet with a lot of people who worked directly with him. And one of the things that Steve said at the end of his life, was one of the things that he was very proud of. He was often asked, what was he most proud of and all the things that he achieved with Apple? And you think about how Apple really has been a company that has really transformed how people work, how people play, how people communicate and interact, how people create. 
just tremendous impact that this company has had on the way that our cultures function today's world. When you think about the iPhone and the, the creativity of computers and, and all those things. Anyway, this, the, the number one thing that, that Steve Jobs says is the thing I am most proud of is not what we created, but what we said no to. You think about that for a second. The thing that Steve Jobs is most proud of was what they said no to, meaning we really focused on what we believed in. We really focused on what was important to us. We really focused on what we felt was going to be make the most difference. And in my time of advising Apple, there were many times that we were frustrated that we came to Apple with lots of great ideas and they said no. And while we were frustrated, we also respected the fact that they had a certain way of doing things and the results kind of spoke for themselves in many ways. I also think of a coaching client of mine. She was a senior director in a large organization, large pharmaceutical organization. And in a conversation, she recognized that she had four key objectives for the year that she was going to be measured against, bonused against, rewarded for. And yet when she looked at her calendar, she noticed that probably 90% of her week was in meetings. And 90% of those meetings had nothing to do with those objectives. We're not going to directly influence or drive those objectives forward. And she said, this is ridiculous. This is unsustainable. So she got ruthless with her time. And she looked at her calendar and she decided she was going to say no to all meeting invitations that had nothing really to do with her objectives. You know, she was being pulled into too many things. So she would be either delegating, delegating to other people on her team, just declining the meeting and explaining why she wasn't able to attend. And what was interesting was when I caught up with her six months later, she clearly described the big smile on her face that she had reduced her working hours from probably an average of 60 hours a week down to roughly just over 40 hours a week. She felt better. She felt more in control of her time. She actually had more time to take care of herself and her family. She got back to exercise and taking care of herself physically. She was sleeping better, but she also blew away her objectives. She totally knocked her objectives out of the park. She achieved great rewards for that, got promoted, and was more happy than she'd been in years. So what do you have trouble saying no to? And what prevents you from saying no? Well, in my analysis of um, the clients that I've worked with and the responses that I've heard from people, there's really four main reasons that prevent people from saying no. And what people typically say is, well, I don't want to disappoint people. I don't want to let other people down. But I would say that the number one reason, the crit most critical reason what prevents people from saying no, is they're not fully connected or committed to their own priorities and goals. They're not fully committed or connected to their own priorities and goals. They're always being pulled or pushed in other people's ways. Have you had the experience when you look at your calendar, if you're driven by the, your calendar, your Outlook calendar, or whatever it may be, do you have those days where you look, oh, I've got no meetings today, my calendar is wide open. And then suddenly some, someone says, hey, can, I, can you join us for this conversation? And you say, sure, I got time. What you fail to recognize is that your own to-do list, your own priorities, is way more than you can actually fill in that day. But because you haven't identified time for yourself, you'll, you'll say yes to anything. And you'll have trouble saying no to everything as well. So the first reason is you're not fully connected or committed. So the question for you to reflect on is, to what extent are you connected and committed to your main priorities and goals? And I don't just mean tasks here. I mean your big goals. The things that are really going to move the needle in your life, in your business, in your career. Are you really spending a sufficient time on the things that are going to make the biggest difference, not only in terms of producing results, but in your own fulfillment, your own progress, your own growth, and at work 
or outside of work. The second biggest reason what prevents people from saying no is that we tend to be wired in this world of, in this time we work in of high pressure. We tend to be wired for more for immediate gratification than longer term fulfillment or success. We tend to go to things that are making us feel good in the moment. We tend to go to those easy tasks and to-dos because it feels good to tick those things off. And those things that are feeling ugly or scary or harder to do, we tend to push those back. Because of all the pressure that we're experiencing psychologically, we always are wanting, seeking some reward, something that's going to make us feel better, something that's going to remove some stress. And what removes stress is feeling good because we tick something off. But when you get wired more for immediate gratification, instant pleasure, you're driven more for emotional needs in the moment than you are for your longer fulfillment. The third reason that I see is really what it boils down to is while people wouldn't necessarily express this as the way that they think, it's the way that they operate. And the third reason is we tend to overvalue other people's needs and we undervalue our needs, which again is a byproduct of working in high pressure times. And by and large, it feels good to help other people, to be a good colleague, to be a good coworker to be responsible to the needs of the organization or the needs of my boss or whatever the case may be. And of course, it's fine to help other people. But if you're doing that at the expense of your goals and priorities, time is going to pass. Months will pass or maybe the year will pass. And you'll sit back and you say, wow, I was really busy that year. But what did I achieve? I didn't get to my big stuff. And that's going to leave you with a gap, with a hole in your own fulfillment and happiness and success. And the fourth most common reason why what prevents people from saying no and why people don't say no enough is they fear negative consequences. And the irony is, is that's what people usually describe as why they don't say no. It's the, I don't want to disappoint. I don't want to let people down. I want to be a good colleague. But we fear these negative consequences. And typically when you deconstruct someone's fear of what's going to happen if they say no, if, my, if I say no to my boss, people come up with elaborate stories. They don't see it as stories, but they come up with elaborate stories as to what's going to happen if they just tell that person, no, I can't deliver as you need. And we always blow it out of proportion in our own heads versus what would really play out in reality. It's remarkable what we make up in our own heads as to the impact that's going to happen. You know, my personal experience many years ago, I started saying no much more. When people ask me, can you deliver the, can, I, can you get this back to me? Can you deliver this, what I'm requesting here? I need it by tomorrow. Some version of that. I need it with some sense of urgency. And I would say that 85% of the time, without exaggeration, 85% of the time, if I said to that person, well, I can't give it to you tomorrow, but could I give it to you by the end of the week? Or could I give it to you, would it be okay if I get it to you early next week? 85% of the time people say, yeah, that's okay. Because there, everyone else is working on such an urgency demand that they feel like they need it right away. But if they also pause and they realize that they're being kind of running on a treadmill and they think that they need it right away, but they really don't. And what I found was that just by simply asking, is it okay if I give myself more time? 85% of the time they say yes. And so these negative consequences of either they're going to get mad or I'm going to get demoted or they're going to, you know, they're going to speak negatively of me just isn't true. It's a big fat lie. So which of those four reasons, which of those reasons do you find yourself having impact on you or just is the way that you tend to operate? So what do you do instead? 
You know, the flip side of this is people will say, well, I don't know how to say no. It feels scary, uncomfortable, awkward, whatever the case may be. Well, what I'm going to give you here is four keys as to how to say no. And again, the story and the lie that people have in their head is it feels like they're just going to stand up and say no to this person and slam a door in their face, be really rude about it, or uh, have to get angry about it, which again is all just a crazy, crazy stories that people make up. And the first step to saying no, the absolute first step is saying no, is you've got to stay connected to your goals, your dreams, and your priorities. You've got to do something for yourself to stay connected and committed to your goals and dreams and values. So that means you've got to build the muscle of staying connected, which might mean simple things like daily rituals or daily routines to read your, read your goals, to restate your goals, to, to see in writing on a poster on your wall, on a post-it on your desk, on a, an alert that pops up on your phone. Reminding yourself, what are your big goals and priorities? Visualize those goals on a regular basis. Have mantras or affirmations that you repeat that keep your wiring your mind to what really matters to you. At the Ignition Company, when we have a team meeting, the first thing we do is read the poster on our wall of what our vision is, what our goals are. So we stay connected to that and bring those values and goals into the meetings that we're going to have to make sure that we are staying true to what we said is most important to us. The second part of saying no is you've got to have clear priorities. You've got to know what your plans and your goals are for this week and for this day. You've got to have a plan for how you're going to achieve those goals. So that might mean you've got to have time blocked in your own calendar for yourself. You've got to have a project plan for how you're going to achieve what you're trying to achieve. You've got to know what your outcomes are for the week and your outcomes are for the goal uh, for the day. If you ha ever have a day where there's absolutely nothing in your calendar and you are ruled by your calendar, well, basically what you're saying to yourself, I'm going to do nothing today that matters. So you've got to block time for yourself. You've got to have clear priorities. So you've got to have a daily ritual of setting priorities for the day. However you might do that. And that's more than just having a to-do list. Most people, when they have a to-do list, they make a list of things and then they start with what emotionally feels the best way to start. Not what intellectually or logically says, this is going to move me forward the most way. So also check yourself if you're driven more by emotions when you look at your to-do list than you are by your goals, your dreams, and your aspirations. The third thing you've got to have to say no is you've got to proactively set boundaries. You've got to be able to set boundaries for how much time you need for yourself or set boundaries as to how much time you're going to give to other people. Whether you say, yes, I can help you now, but I've only got 10 minutes, you've got to build the muscle of being true to that 10 minutes. So set a timer, set an alert, set, set a noise that's going to interrupt the conversation to say, we've got to wrap this up right now. Or actually, my preference is to set a timer five minutes before or 10 minutes before we do need to wrap it up. So there's a bit of alert. It's not just a hard stop. I've got to walk away from this meeting. Maybe the other way of setting a boundary is when someone comes to you and says, can, I need this done right away. Can you get this to me tomorrow? Or the classic example of someone comes up to you and says, hey, can I bug you for a second? My response jokingly is usually, yeah, you just did. Thank you very much. But rarely when someone says, can I bug you or can I talk to you for a minute? Rarely is it just a minute, right? Usually rolls into five or 20 or 30 minutes. And so part of that is to say, can I bug you for a minute? Is the answer is, just, is simply to say, to set boundaries, to say, I can't right now but I'm free in an hour from now, or I'm free later today at a certain time. And again, 85% of the time people say yes, that's okay. 
You've also got to remember that in proactively setting boundaries, you've got to take 100% responsibility for those boundaries being met. You cannot rely or wait on other people to set those boundaries for you. And you can certainly not play victim to other people overriding your own boundaries. You've got to stand true. You've got to stand tall. And you've got to stand up for what your boundaries are, what you're going to give to other people. Because every time, remember this, that every time you fail to say no to someone else, you are saying no to your own dreams, your own priorities, your own time, your own business, and your own health. The fourth component of how to say no is to remember that there's always a space between stimulus and response. There's a space between stimulus and response. There's a space between someone's request and when you have to give an answer. And too often people are just running on the treadmill, operating too fast. They don't even think about what they're saying. So when someone says, can I, can I speak to you right now? People often immediately give an answer. That doesn't really serve them. So buy yourself some time. Think about it for a moment. Tell someone, can I think about that and get back to you in a moment? You don't have to. There's no rule that says you have to give an immediate response to anybody. And if you have a bad habit, if it's a bit of your nature, perhaps, to give someone an immediate answer that often doesn't serve you, you owe it to yourself to remember that there's a space between stimulus and response. And in that space, you have a chance to think. You have a chance to think and perhaps get reconnected to what your priorities and goals are for the day and to evaluate whether this new request is aligned to what is important to you on that day. And when you bring those four elements, if you stay connected to your goals and dreams, if you have clear priorities for that day or for that week, if you proactively set boundaries and you remember there's a space, all those four things will set you up to say no in a much more comfortable way, a much more perhaps professional way if necessary, a way that works for you and works for them, and a way that allows you to not give away your power in the pursuit of your dreams and your aspirations. So think about those four as you go forward today. And when someone asks you, can I bug you for a second? Rather than saying your default of, sure, why not? This is stand up for you and to stand up for your dreams. And the next thing you know is that the year will pass by and you are so proud of all the things you said no to and perhaps all the things that you achieved. Hey, thanks for tuning in. We always want you to get the most of the time you've invested here. So this show is only valuable if you apply what you learned. And most learning, as I mentioned, is generated from reflection. So we'd love to hear from you and your reflections on what you learned or found interesting. Please join our community and go to theignitionshow.com slash connect. That's theignitionshow.com slash connect. And let us know what struck you. And what was it that you heard today that you really needed to hear today? You can leave us an audio message or join our Facebook group and participate in the conversation there, where we'd love to hear your comments and follow-up questions. As always, if you like what you hear, please subscribe to our show, rate the show, or leave a review in iTunes. It helps others find us and helps us get better. We read every single review and comment that comes through iTunes, Facebook, and our website and respond to as many people as we can. And lastly, remember, whatever you dream of, whatever you hope for, and secretly wish you had, closer than you think you are, you're meant to have it, and you absolutely deserve it. Until next time, I'm Chris Jansen, and this is The Ignition Show.